Yes. Welcome back to Chi Alpha, everyone. I'm so excited to see you all again, especially for those of you that are freshmen. Welcome to Midterms Week. Amen. Yeah, we're excited. We're going to take some tests. Oh, that's the beauty of not being in college anymore. While you guys are all stressed, I'm just chilling, hanging out. It's a good time over here. I know a lot of you, though, are probably pretty stressed with homework and tests and classes, so thank you for making this time a priority. Seriously, I know you've got so many things vying for your attention, and the fact that you chose to come here tonight means a lot to me. So thank you for making Chi Alpha a priority. I cannot believe that we're already halfway through the semester. Isn't that nuts? It's September, and this is the halfway point. It's a little different. Amen. It can be good or bad. What's crazy is that fall retreat's almost coming. So you hear us hooting and hollering. We're all excited about fall retreat. And those of you, I know there's some of you like, I don't want to go to fall retreat. That sounds weird. That sounds like I got to go hear a lot about Jesus all weekend, and I want to play video games all weekend. I get it. That's how I was as a freshman. But when I came to fall retreat, I encountered the presence of God in a way that I had never before. I met friends that have become lifelong best friends. And I also met my wife. So if that's something you're interested in, not to try to like hook you up or anything, but if you're looking for a spouse, come to Far Retreat. For $20, you get your spouse. I think that's a pretty good deal. I'm just kidding. You don't buy them. That's inappropriate, guys. Don't make those jokes. Seriously, grow up. If you can't grow, or if you can't grow up, if you can't afford the $20, seriously, it's not a problem. Come talk to me. Talk to your small group leader. Talk to anyone with a name tag, and we will cover that. No questions asked. No issue at all, okay? For the $20, you get a couple meals, though, so that's kind of fun. So please come to Fall Retreat. I promise you it changes lives. If you're on the fence, just dive in and see what God does. It's one weekend. If it stinks, you never have to come back. Or maybe your life can be changed. You're going to meet your spouse. You're going to find best friends, all for the cost of $20. For those of you that are new, I am so excited that you decided to join us tonight. I love Bring a Friend Night. Let's give a round of applause for Bring a Friend Night. Yeah. I love Bring a Friend Night because we get to meet new people. Hopefully we can make you feel welcome. Hopefully we make you feel at home here at Chi Alpha. I say that almost every week, but we really do. That is our prayer that you will feel at home because when we're out in the world, there's so much stuff going on out there, you know? Life's crazy. You've got your classes, you've got dorms, you've got a roommate that smells funny, so many things going on. But then when we come into this place, I want this to feel like home, that you can relax, you can be yourself, you can feel comfortable, while also getting to know a little bit about Jesus. That's my prayer for this place, that you feel at home. So if this is your first time, please, I hope you feel welcomed. Also, please feel free to come introduce yourself to me. I'd love to get to meet you. I think that's a fun time as well. But we want you to know that you are loved by every person in this room. I know that sounds weird, like I just got here, I don't know any of them. They already love you. You're loved by me and you're loved by Jesus. No matter what you come from or what your background is, you are loved in this place tonight. Our goal at Chi Alpha is for you to encounter the love of God and to grow with your friends closer to Jesus. We want lifelong friendships to be made here. My goal is that when you guys get married, your bridesmaids, your groomsmen, those people that stand next to you, they're Chi Alpha people. That your small group's on your side next to you. And that I get to be there and like cry tears of joy as you get married. I just want to be invited. I don't have to be a groomsman. I just want to be there, you know. So that's my prayer is that you find your future best friends here. My prayer is that for those of you that might feel like you're lost, alone, maybe you feel like since you've got to you and I, you don't have a family, I pray that Chi Alpha can be that family, that we can be that group of people that fills that need in your life. For some of you here tonight, you came to college for the very first time seven weeks ago. 
Seven weeks ago, you walked onto the college campus for the very first time. Some of you started off strong. You came in, your roommate is awesome. You made a ton of friends. Your classes are bumping. You I mean, you're online most times, so you can make them as fun as you want, I guess. But you're having a great start. That transition was smooth. Others of you came in, your roommate blocked you on Facebook. That was my story as a freshman. My roommate blocked me on Facebook before I got here, so that was fun. Anyways, long story. Your roommate blocked you. You haven't made a whole lot of friends. Classes are hard or boring or stressful. And the transition hasn't been quite as smooth. When I, when I came to college, I definitely identified with the latter group. My, my transition to college was not quite that smooth. See, when I was a freshman, I started going to school at a tiny Bible college, just means like a Christian college where you learn to be a pastor, in Minneapolis, Minnesota called North Central University. I didn't know anyone at my school. I had no idea what I was doing. And to be honest, I'm very much a homebody. Like I like to stay home. Like I didn't like spending the night at friends' houses growing up. I'm like, I want to be in my own bed. I don't want to go to your bed. I like my bed. So coming and living four hours away from my parents was a little scary. I remember the day when I moved in so clearly. We got up nice and early. We drove to Minneapolis. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I think I took a picture and tweeted my, my one tweet every four years and said, like, I'm going to college. Yeah. And that was the last time I tweeted. So it was, it was good. I remember I get there. I walk in. I go to the front desk. I get my keys to my new dorm hall. There's some people there. They help me move in. I remember I walk up the stairs to my hall, and as I walk up, all I see is a couch with like four dudes pretty much in their underwear sitting there, and they're like, what's up, brah? Welcome to college. Welcome. And I'm like, oh, snap. What am I getting myself into? They're like, welcome to the brotherhood. That's our dorm floor. We're the brotherhood. And then I'm like, okay, this is awkward. And then I walk down my dorm hall, and I see like the manliest stuff on the walls. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not super manly. Like, I like to stay inside and read books. That's what's fun for me. But I walk down my dorm hall, and there's like a lacrosse stick on there. They're all ready to go. I remember I see a sign-up sheet for something called Mamping, where you camp with other men. So I saw that. I'm like, I'm certainly not signing up for that. That was actually the same weekend as Kai Alpha Fall Retreat, so I didn't end up going. Anyways, that's besides the point. So I see the Mamping sign-up, and then I see this Bible verse. And this is what stuck out to me. It's 1 Peter 2.17, and it says this. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I'm like, what do you mean love the brotherhood? This is strange. That's the only, the only verse on our wall, nothing about Jesus loves you or wants to be your friend or something like that. No, love the brotherhood. They had officially freaked me out. And here's the reason. I'm just going to be real with you. When I went to college, my goal was not to make male friends. My goal in going to college was to make female friends that would become female significant others that would become my future wife. That was my goal in coming to college. I wanted to meet some ladies, not dudes. And there's this thing about Bible college that's a little weird. So when a guy goes to Bible college, one of two things happen. So first option is you walk into your first class, you see future Mrs. Wright sitting three desks over, you talk to her that week, you start dating the next week and you're married in like two months. That's option one for Bible college. You go, you get married real quick. The other option is you join the brotherhood. <laughs> and here's the thing. So the guys that are in the brotherhood, they're like, yeah, I came to college. I wanted to meet some male friends. I wanted to join the intramural football team. I wanted to bond and grow and iron sharpens iron, you know. And I'm just gonna be real with you. 
They did not want that coming into college. When they came to college, they wanted to find a significant other, but they couldn't. So the second option is joining the brotherhood. So no, their first choice was not to be friends with a bunch of dudes and live on the floor and sit in their underwear. Their first option was to find a lady and they failed. So I realized in that moment when I walked up to my dorm hall that I was with the guys who couldn't find a girl. I was with the guys who were stuck in the brotherhood. And ooh, I was scared. The other thing about these guys is, boy, they wanted me to join their brotherhood. They didn't like being alone by themselves. They wanted to be alone with other guys. They wanted more single guys to hang out with and play Super Smash Bros. until five in the morning. And then get up and go do classes and then come back and play video games and like wrestle each other and throw axes and things. That's what they wanted. But they did welcome me to this brotherhood pretty hard. I remember I got there, they come, they put their arms around me like, this is your life now. You're a dude. We're just going to be a bunch of guys being dudes, dudes being guys. That's our future. And I was so horrified. I just want to get out of there. I remember I called my parents. I'm like, this ain't going to work. I hate this. I don't want to be around all the guys. I was on the floor with a bunch of dudes, and I didn't want to be a dude. But they welcomed me. They went out of their way to get to know me. They talked to me. They got to know what was interesting to me. I remember very clearly, like the second or third night we were there, they pack our whole dorm floor which is like 20, 30 guys into one minivan, which was, again, not good at all. A bunch of big dudes in a minivan. They took us all to Taco Bell, trying to be nice. Like, welcome to the brotherhood. You're, you got friends. Little did they know that I hate Taco Bell. So another reason for me not to like the brotherhood. Oh, I just got a bunch of dirty looks. You're like, how dare you? Taco Bell is amazing. I love those tacos that cost 99 cents. They cost 99 cents because they're cheap quality and not good for your tummy. Anyways... <laughs> So although I wanted no part in this community, just being honest, I didn't want to be a part of it, but they did such a good job of welcoming me. They loved on me. They spent so much time with me. They made me feel like one of theirs. And I think we can learn some things from my freshman dorm floor. Some of us are like the guys on that floor. We've been around for a while. Maybe you're an upperclassman. Or maybe you're a freshman, but you came to Kyle for week one. You went and got that Chick-fil-A sandwich on that first Friday night. You came to church on Sunday, and then you came to Kyle on Tuesday, and you've been to everything since. Maybe that's you. We love you. Thank you for being around. So you've kind of found your community. you found your family. But now God is calling you to welcome other people. We can tend to become so inward-focused that we forget about the outside world. Maybe you're here, and if you're honest, you have not thought about people outside of these four walls because you've just gotten so excited about this community and you're so entrenched. Or maybe you're like I was as a freshman. Maybe you're looking for a community, and you're here tonight. That's why you're here. That's why your friend drug you here. Maybe you're not sure what to think. Maybe you're here and you're a little nervous. You're sort of lonely, but you don't know if this is the place for you. Maybe you're new tonight, or maybe you've only been here for a couple weeks, and you're just like I was as I was walking up that dorm, those stairs. That moment when I found that community. That's you right here, right now, as you're walking up the stairs, seeing what can my future hold? Maybe that's you tonight. My prayer is that we are as welcoming as the guys in my dorm floor. I hope we're not quite as strange as those guys were, but I do hope we're just as friendly. Because we all need community. We all need friends. We all need a family. The last few weeks, we've been in our sermon series, More Together. The first week, we talked about how community is so important. We learned that not only do you need community, but the community needs you. That you are important and you are a needed part of Chi Alpha and small group. That when you're gone, when you miss a service, when you miss a small group, it's like our puzzle piece, our puzzle piece is taken away. And the beautiful masterpiece isn't quite as good because you're gone. 
That's what we learned the first week in the series. And last week, Pastor John talked about real community, that if we want to be the community that God is calling us to be, we must be open, we must be honest with each other. We must share the junk inside of us and be vulnerable and share the deep-rooted struggles. He shared that in small group, we need to get to know each other. We need to be open and honest with each other. And then as we're honest with each other, we need to love each other, even though we figure out that we're all flawed. Tonight, we're going to read a passage from Luke 14, where Jesus is at a party. And he's at this party, and he's talking about parties. Kind of strange, but that's the way it rolled with him. So Jesus was with the Pharisees. I've talked a little bit about them. The Pharisees were like the religious people of his time. So they had all the answers. They had the right robes on. They had everything figured out about the Bible. They knew what was going on. They were very outwardly religious. But on the inside, these Pharisees were full of hypocrisy. They were so judgmental. They did not understand what it looked like to follow God. But on the outside, it seemed like they had everything together. And Jesus had a party with these guys. He just got done teaching them about being humble. He says, humble yourself and God will exalt you. And then he turns to the guy who's throwing the party, the man who invited him. He turns to me and says, you know what? Let me tell you who you should invite to parties. Let me tell you what your party should look like. Luke 14, 12 through 14 says this. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, which is probably the people that were at the party he had just thrown. So he's kind of calling them out, makes him feel uncomfortable. Anyways, he says, don't invite them lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for this community. I thank you for what you want to speak tonight, Father. And I pray that you show up in your presence is so real in this place tonight. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you get one thing tonight, it is this. Write it down, put it on your phone, do something fun with it. We must welcome and love the outsider so that they can become an insider. We must welcome and love the outsider so that they can become an insider. The passage we just read is telling us that we need to be welcoming, that we need to invite people to the party. See, what is the party? The party is not just a gathering of friends. The party is your life. What Jesus is telling us, he's telling us you need to invite people to the party of your life. You need to welcome people into your lives, not try to live life on your own. As we've talked about the last couple of weeks, we have to do life with other people. So how do we welcome people into our lives? I think the most basic understanding of this idea is we spend time with people. We ask people to hang out. We invite them over to our apartment. We make friends with people. God is calling you to find strangers in your classroom. He's calling you to find strangers in the dining center, in your dorm halls, and to invite them to be your friend. Another way of saying this is Jesus is asking you to be hospitable with people. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Do not neglect to show hospitality to other people. We can all do this. We can all be hospitable. We can all be welcoming to people. We are called to be Jesus to the people around us. If you follow Jesus, you are called to be like him to the people around you. And I know some of you are like, hold up. I'm not going to preach a sermon. That sounds kind of scary. I don't want to be like Jesus to people around me. I just want to be me. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to get on a stage and give a sermon to hundreds of people. That's not what that means necessarily. It might. If so, that'd be fun. Talk to me. But you don't necessarily need to preach at other people. But what you do need to do is maybe invite someone to get a meal with you. We all eat two, three. I know freshmen eat like five to six meals a day. 
might as well invite someone to join you. See, we don't all need to preach, but we all need to eat. So why not invite someone to come do it with you? I thought that rhyme was good. You guys all just stared at me like, you're an idiot. That was not funny at all. Well, hmm. We might as well be hospitable to people around us and show the love of Jesus to people by spending time with them. We need to be hospitable with our time. We need to be willing to give up our time to spend with other people. However, we cannot be hospitable with people if we, do not, if we do not know them. So what does that mean? It means you're called to go talk to strangers. You're called to meet new people. See, there are people in your classrooms that they need a friend so badly. They are so lonely. Since they've come to you and I, no one's talked to them. They live in a room by themselves. They've made no friends. There are no clubs. And they're just sitting there aching in loneliness. And maybe God is calling you to be the person who bridges that gap and becomes their friend and provides something for them that they desperately need. One of my greatest regrets is that I did not utilize my classes as an opportunity to make new friends and tell them about Jesus. You have an amazing opportunity. You can meet new people every single day here on campus. It's clear that we are called to meet new people. It's clear that we're called to be hospitable to them. And how do we be hospitable to people? The main way to do this is by loving people. So we welcome them, and then we love them. And God is very clear that we are to love people. He says to love God first and to love your neighbor next. He tells a story in Luke chapter 10 that really illustrates what it looks like to love people. So this story, so there's this guy. He's walking down the street, and then a robber comes up and beats him up. He gets bruised, he's bloodied, he's on the ground, he's knocked out down for the count. So there's this guy. And then a priest walks by him, sees him on the ground. And the priest is like, okay, and keeps walking. Doesn't stop and help the person. Okay, next up what the Bible calls a Levite. A Levite is like another word for a priest, a holy person. This Levite walks by the person who's on the ground. The Levite walks by and again doesn't stop. But then a Samaritan walks by. Okay, what is a Samaritan? So the, the congregation, the group of people that Jesus was talking to, they were called Jews. They were Jewish people. The Samaritans were half Jewish. One of their parents was a Jew. So the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't talk to each other very much. They, didn't, they weren't friends. It was awkward. They didn't spend time together. But a Samaritan walks by, someone who's in a different social class, someone who would never be caught speaking to a Jew, sees a Jew, and he stops. And he takes care of the broken man. He takes him to an inn. He pays for him to stay there. He pays for him to get fixed. This man loves him. He shows him mercy. How does this man show him love? He shows him love by serving him. He goes out of his way to help him. John 15, 13 says this, that greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is calling you to lay down your life for people. Jesus is calling you to serve the people around you. Love is serving. I want you to think for a second. When's the last time that you just served someone else? That you did something kind simply because you love someone? That you inconvenienced yourself just to love on someone else? My wife, Taylor, does such a good job of this. So there's these things called love languages. I'm not going to dive all into that, but it's like five ways you show and receive love. And the way that I best receive love is something called acts of service. So when people do things for me and like fill a need, that's the way to show me love. So my wife does such a good job of this. She'll clean, she'll cook, she'll do all those things because she knows it's a way to love me. She doesn't do them because she's the woman and because she has to. She does them because she knows it's a way to show love to me. 
And God is calling you to do the same thing, to serve the people around. Find the way your friends need to be loved and love them that way. So we welcome them. The way we welcome them is we love them. But how do we serve people, okay? Obviously, there's a lot of ways. We all know that. You can buy someone's coffee. You can do something for nice. And when the winter comes, oh, and it's going to come, we can wipe off their cars. That's a way to serve people. However, what do college students need the most? I think this goes back to the beginning. We can serve people best on this campus by welcoming them. We can serve people best by welcoming them. There's an aching on our campus for community. People want to be included. People want to belong. People want a family. We all want this. So how do we love people? We give them a place to belong. We give them a family. My prayer is that Kaiof is the most welcoming place on campus. I want our students to love people so much and to invite them into their lives. It's not necessarily even about inviting them to Chi Alpha. That's not the point. The point is we want to invite people to be our friends. It's not about growing this ministry. It's about being like Jesus to the people around you. And the way that you do that is by being their friend. I don't think it's enough just to invite people to spend time with us, though. I want you to hear me on this. I think we need to invite people to spend time with them, and then we need to actually be their friend. What I mean by this is be nice to people. Be kind to people. Keep a positive spirit and bring joy to the people around you. When people leave talking to you, do they leave drained or do they leave joyful? If we want to be Jesus to our friends, we want to be nice to them and have a positive spirit. That When people leave talking to us, they feel happy. Someone who's great at this, who's so joyful, is my mother-in-law. Oh, Stacy Lou. She is a very joyful, happy lady. Every time she sees someone, she's like, oh my gosh, hello, let's be friends. I'm like, Stacy, you've never met them before. They're just my Facebook friends, so you've seen them in a picture with me. This is creepy. But she's like, they're my best buddies. I think like half the girls in here are like, yeah, Stacy hugs me. She's a weirdo but she's always excited. This would happen the first time that I met my mother-in-law. So we're walking, when you walk into Taylor's parents' house, there's stairs that go up to like the kitchen. Taylor's walking in front of me and Stacy, my mother-in-law, literally like decks Taylor. She like gives her a knee, chucks her down the stairs and bolts to give me a hug. Like, Derek! I'm like, you just hurt my girlfriend, but oh, nice to meet you. She was so pumped to meet me though. And I felt good. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is kind of fun. She's excited to see me. And then she cooked, and that wasn't as fun. But it's okay. We love her. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. If Stacy, you're listening, I loved it. <laughs> A positive spirit makes it easier to point our friends to Jesus. Let's just be honest. We're all grumpy. If we're angry all the time, like, ugh, life sucks. I got 45 midterms this week. And you're sitting in class. Sitting there, hey, this paper sucks. Also, Jesus is really fun and awesome. He's given me the joy of the Lord. I'm so thankful to follow Jesus. But man, today stinks. That's not going to work. But instead, what we need to do is we need to be so excited and joyful. Even when we're not feeling it, we can choose joy. You don't have to always be happy, but you can choose to be joyful. And then your friends will be like, Wow, we've got 35 papers due this week. And you're like, it's okay, I got the joy of the Lord. They're like, this weirdo. 
but they're gonna know something's different about you. If life is rough, if your life is falling apart and you choose to be joyful anyways, that is going to make an impact to people around you. You won't even necessarily have to bring up the name of Jesus, but they're gonna notice there's something different about them. Their life is different. There's something about them. We're in the middle of a test. We're in the middle of midterms. It's raining outside and they're still happy. How is that possible? And then that opens the door for you to say because of a king named Jesus. If you follow Jesus in this room, and if you're not, side note, you're welcome here. This is a place where I want you to journey. It's okay if you don't believe in Jesus. It's okay if you don't agree with everything we say, but you're still welcome in this place. And I still hope you can find friends and find community. This message is just as much for you. You can be welcomed here, even if you don't believe in Jesus. That's okay with me. But if you do follow Jesus in this room, hopefully he's a big part of your life. So as you develop relationships with people, he'll naturally come up. So it's not like you're forcing Jesus upon them, but he's an important part of your life. Just like if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if you're friends with someone for six months, you're probably gonna talk about your boyfriend or girlfriend. So if you're friends for some, with someone for six months, you're probably gonna talk about Jesus a little bit because he's important to you. But we do this and not in a forceful way, but instead we welcome them, we love them, and that creates an environment of welcoming. The biggest need of students on this campus is friendship. So if you're here tonight and you call Kyle for home, please go be someone's friend. Invite them into a community. Invite them into your life. Maybe you're here, though, and this is your first time. It is Bring a Friend Night. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a friend. Maybe you're looking for a family. You're looking for a community. I pray that this can be that place for you. I pray that we can be the best friends you've ever had. That this can be a loving, welcoming community that serves you and helps you explore who Jesus is and how much he loves you. The interesting thing about this story, though, is Jesus didn't just call us to invite people to the party. He was very specific on who we were to invite. He says we are to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the downtrodden, the outsider. In the time period that Jesus was living in, so much importance was placed on climbing the social ladder. Like they wanted to gain cred. So how do you gain street cred? You invite the cool people to your parties. You invite people that can help advance you, that can help you rise up the ladder. So what Jesus does is he flips this idea on its head and says, no, don't invite the people that have something to gain. Don't invite people that are higher than you on the social ladder, but instead invite people that are lower than you. Invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the people that when you look at them, it looks like they have nothing for you. Because we don't invite people, we're not welcoming people in order to gain something. We are welcoming to people and loving to people to be welcoming and loving to people. Simply as that. Jesus flips this idea. He says, look to the people that have seemingly no social value and be with them. God is telling you the same exact thing tonight. He's saying, go find the people that are by themselves that seem like they have nothing to offer you. They probably do have something to offer you, but maybe it doesn't seem like it. And go run after them. Run after the one student that everyone else ignores and love them. Don't be welcoming to gain something, but instead I want Chi Alpha to be welcoming just to be welcoming to be like Jesus. So again, it's not about getting them to Chi Alpha or getting them to church or getting them to small group. It's about being their friend so you can be like Jesus to people. How are we to welcome the outsider? How do we do this? Obviously, we've talked about making friends. We've talked all about that. But I think there's something very specific we need to learn tonight. The Bible answers the question of how we're supposed to welcome the outsider in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. It says, to the church, be all things to all people. This letter, it's a letter to a church, and it's telling the church, be all things to all people. What does that mean? 
That means we go outside of our comfort zone to love and to welcome people. That means if you meet someone who loves tennis and you hate tennis, go play tennis with them just to be their friend. They love art, find something about art to talk about. Be willing to do things you don't like just to love on people. This means we are to be friends with people that are different from us. See, we're gonna get real for a second. I think it's easy to be friends with people who have different hobbies. Like, oh, you like to play basketball, I like to paint, or I like to play football. It's okay, we can be friends, that makes sense. But it doesn't just mean that. What about people that have different views than you do? What if they're on a different end of the political spectrum? Maybe they're a Republican, or they're a Democrat, and you're the other one. How am I to be their friend? We're in a season of so much political tension. We have a huge election coming up. COVID has created so many hot-button issues. Are masks good? Are masks bad? Are they from the devil, or are they from the Lord? People are fighting about all these things. Throw in racial injustice, a wavering economy, virtual learning, and the banning of TikTok from the app store, and we are ripe for some conflict in this place. But let's be people that doesn't give in to that conflict. Let's be people that choose to love people where they're at and choose to love people even if they're different from you. That's how we be all things to all people, that we're willing to be friends with someone even if we don't agree with their political ideals Guess what? Conservatives, liberals, you're both welcome in this place. You're welcome to come and explore what God has for you. In a world full of conflict, enemies, hatred, we can be the welcoming community that turns our enemies into our guests. We can be the welcoming community that turns our enemies into our guests and our potential enemies become our potential best friends. And that's how we change the campus. God has called us to love the poor, the crippled, and the outsider. Let's welcome people no matter what. See, there's something that's even probably more important than politics coming up. Actually starts tomorrow night. The NBA finals start tomorrow night. Oh, you wait. So for those of you who don't know, there's this guy named LeBron James who plays basketball, and I love him more than I should love any person on this planet. It's really weird how much I care about him. He has no idea who I am, but I love him a lot. And LeBron James plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Lakers are playing in the finals against the Miami Heat starting tomorrow night. And see, I love the Lakers, but I've got a man, a friend in my life, he's actually right there, who absolutely loves the Miami Heat, Mr. Jacob Enos. He loves the Miami Heat, and I'll be honest, I don't like the Miami Heat right now. So I'll be honest, when I see Jacob, I kind of want to wrestle him a little bit. I'm like, no, the Lakers about to win. He smack talks too. He doesn't just sit there and he's like, LeBron sucks. <laughs> like, you better watch yourself. <laughs> he's not even the worst one. John on the drums is even worse, but that's besides the point. But they smack talk and they do things that tick me off. But I have to love them. Somehow, Jacob and I have to remain friends, even amongst this very divisive, controversial season of the next two weeks of the NBA Finals. And then after LeBron James gets his fourth ring, we can all celebrate together. Amen, amen. Come on, that's a good word. <laughs> Just like Jacob and I, we must welcome people who are a little bit different than us, who have different ideas. We must love not only the people that are down the social ladder, the poor, the crippled, we also must people love them who are different than us. A true welcoming community would invite everyone into friendship. That does not mean we're always going to agree. That does not mean that we think everything is okay. Because we have values, we have core beliefs. 
There's things that we believe. But if someone else doesn't believe them, I'm not gonna say I don't believe it, but I'm gonna say you can still be my friend. As we are welcoming to the outsiders, change what happens on the inside, though. Like I've said, my prayer is that Chi Alpha is super welcoming to the outsider. But I don't want it to stop there. See, as we're welcoming to the outsider, I want that to impact our hearts. And as we love people around us, we start to love the people in this room. See, I don't want us just to be welcoming to people who have never been to Chi Alpha. I want when we see the people in Chi Alpha, in our community, in our small groups, that we love them just as much. I think something that can become a problem is this little thing called clickiness. When I find my seven friends and I'm like, I love these seven people, but everyone else I'm not a fan of. And my prayer is that Chi Alpha is never clicky. My prayer is it's not small group versus small group, which side note, if you're not in a small group, get in one. They're awesome. But my prayer is that we're never clicky. My prayer is that we love everyone in this room the same. I want us to truly love each other, to get to know each other, to welcome people and be friends. So if you've been here every week for two years and sat by the same person every week, I challenge you, get a little wild next week. Find a new friend. Sit by him. It might be fun. It might not be fun, but you'll never know unless you try. If you're new, though, you can sit by the people you know. I get that. If you're new, you are off the hook from this part. You can sit by the same person for the next 10 weeks, and then week 11, we'll have a conversation. It'll be fun. Just kidding. But if you've been around for a while, make sure we don't get clicky. Another thing that I think that can hinder us from being a welcoming community, so one thing is being clicky. Another thing that can hinder us from being a welcoming community inside our community is this thing called gossip. I pray that we love each other enough not to speak poorly of each other behind our backs. That's very, very unwelcoming. There's this guy named St. Augustine, and he was an early Christian, real early. And he's a legend in the history of the church. He was in the very beginning, and he's been incredible. And he had something written above his kitchen table. And I love this quote so much. This is what he had written above his kitchen table. He who speaks evil of an absent man or woman isn't welcome at this table. He who speaks evil of an absent man or woman isn't welcome at this table. I'll be honest, that sounds like an awkward dinner party. Like you're there, you're eating some pizza with, with St. Augustine. Like, what's up, Saint? And you're chatting. And then you kind of start to, like, you know, Sally from chemistry class, she, she, she's kind of smelly. She, she's not. And then he's like, get out. You are not welcome at this table for you to speak negatively to an absent person. But I think the idea is so crucial. If we want to be welcoming to people, we must not speak evil behind their backs. We are never to gossip and slander, but instead we're to build each other up and encourage each other and speak life over each other. And that's how we build a welcoming community inside of the community. I want us to not only be welcoming to people outside this community, but also people inside this community so we are never clicky, we are never gossips, and we speak life and we serve one another. So God has called us to be welcoming. We welcome people by loving them. So we got welcoming. Then we love them. We love them by serving them, and we serve people by welcoming them. As we are a welcoming community, we are to look for the downtrodden in people that are different from us, and we are to welcome them. We are not to be deterred by our differences, but we are to be all things to all people and love people where they're at. We are to welcome the outsider. And as we do that, we should have a better spirit inside the community. I keep using this outsider language. I don't do this to make you feel less than if if you're an outsider and this is your first time here. I'm not saying that people outside the community are less than. I'm not saying our only goal is to get people into Chi Alpha to get you from being outside of Chi Alpha to inside inside of Chi Alpha. That is not my main goal. However, my goal is to turn you from an outsider to an insider. What do I mean by that? I don't want you to necessarily only be an insider of Chi Alpha. I do want that, but that's not my main goal. My main goal 
is for you to go from an outsider to an insider in the kingdom of God. My goal is for you, if you are here tonight and you do not follow Jesus and you're outside the kingdom of God, that you will become an insider into his kingdom and see your life forever change. See, we were all born outsiders. Every single one of us in this room were born sinful, we were messed up, and we were destined to be an outsider forever. And then someone welcomed us home. While we're outside the circle, this someone named King Jesus came and said, I'm going to make a way for them to come inside. Jesus Christ was God himself, who was the only insider. He was it. And then he left the insider club, and he went outside to get us. He came to earth. He lived the perfect life. He paid the penalty for our mistakes. He paid the penalty for the things that made us an outsider so we can make a pathway for us to go from outsiders to insiders. He was the first one to welcome. See, we should all be on our own. We should all be failing as we try to do this life by ourselves. But God changed the narrative. He came and he served us by dying on a cross to show his ultimate love. He laid down his life for us so that we can be insiders with him. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know love, that he laid down his life for us, that Jesus laid down his life for us so that we can lay down our lives for the brothers, for the sisters, for the outsiders. So because Jesus loved you enough to come and pay the penalty, that needs to be our motivation for welcoming the outsider. That's why we are to love and welcome other people because he did it first with us. We have to get this. If our motivation is to rise the social ladder, if our motivation is to fulfill a religious obligation, it simply won't work. We won't be welcoming to the outsider. But if our motivation is the thought that I was once an outsider in the kingdom of God, so now I have an opportunity to welcome other people inside the kingdom of God, that motivation will change lives. See, we must welcome and love the outsider so that they can become an insider. We must welcome and love the outsider so they can become an insider. Maybe you came into this place and if you're honest with yourself, you are a complete outsider. Not only do you not have an earthly community, an earthly family like Chi Alpha, but you also don't have a heavenly family. Meaning if you're honest with yourself, you don't follow Jesus. Or maybe you once did, but you've stopped. God is coming to you and he's looking at you and he's saying, please come in. Please be an insider. I'm begging you, it's worth it. He wants to welcome you to his party. He wants you to join him, but Jesus is not going to force you to become an insider. All he can do is welcome you home and extend the invitation. So the first passage I read today was from Luke 14, as Jesus was telling that guy how to throw parties. And after that, he tells a story about a party. He tells the story. And this is what happens in the story is this guy is throwing a party and he sends his servants out and he says, go invite people. Go invite people to my party. And as the, the servants go and invite people to the party, the people come up with excuses. They say, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't come to the party. I just got married. I got to hang out with my wife. We got a honeymoon. Or I just bought an ox and he needs some taken care of. I've got my farm to take care of. I can't come to the party. So sorry. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. They reject the invitation. But 
the story is to illustrate what Jesus is doing for us. Jesus is sending someone. He's sending us right now to you. He's extending an invitation to you, saying, please join my party. And he's looking at you, and you have one of two choices. You can either be like those people and reject the invitation and say, you know what? I'm in college right now. I've only got four years to do this, and i got to live the college lifestyle. So when I get married, when I have kids, then I'll accept the invitation. But right now, I'm good. I don't need the invitation. Some of us are saying, I've got, you know, I've got too much classes. It's not that I want to like party or anything, but I just, I can't dive all in with Jesus yet because I'm just, I'm too busy. I'm so sorry, Jesus. I don't have, I can't accept this invitation yet. And what this story tells us is we have to accept the invitation. That the first choice of rejecting the invitation is nothing like the second choice of saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to come to the party. And as we come to the party, we will receive life beyond our wildest imaginations. You'll find friends that will be with you forever. And you'll find a God that loves you so much that he's willing to pay it all for you. So my friends, please, I'm begging you, don't reject the invitation. Don't reject the invitation to the party. Let's not make excuses and let's not run from him, but let's decide to come to the party. Let's come to the best celebration in the history of mankind, which is the kingdom of God. Because on our own, we can't do it. Other of you, others of you are following Jesus, but you haven't dove into community of people that love Jesus yet. Like you're following him on your own, but you're not with others yet. My prayer is that you'll dive in, that you'll find a community of people and let them become the best friends in your life. My prayer is that if that is this community, I would love for Kai Alpha to be your family, but it doesn't have to be. If it's a different community of Jesus followers, that's okay. Just dive all in. Don't be half in, half out. Jump, see what God does. Join a small group. I promise that you won't regret it. I talk about it like every week, but small groups change lives. Because then you get to be real with people. We get to develop real community. Dive in, join a small group, share your junk and see what God does. Find your future best friends and accept that invitation as well. So there's the first group of us that Jesus is looking at us and asking us to accept the invitation into his party, to be followers of him. There's the second group of us that have not dove all in with the community yet. And then there's a third group of us that you follow Jesus and you're plugged in the community. Maybe you're a small group leader here. You call Kai Alpha home. God is calling you to step outside of your comfort zone and to welcome people into your life. He's calling you to make friends with strangers. He's calling you to invite people to the party of friendship with yourself. Don't let it stay here. Let it go out. If you'll stand with me. For those of you that are in that third group, God is asking you to be an invitation and an extension of him to the campus of you and I. He wants you to be so welcoming to the people around you. He wants you to make friends. He wants you to invite them to get to know you and get to know Jesus. So if you follow Jesus for a long time and you're in this place, love people, welcome people. He wants us to look past the differences of the people around us and just see people the way that he sees them. He wants us to see everyone in our classes, our dorms, at our workplace, on our teams, and our clubs, everyone we meet, he wants us to see them as potential best friends. We have an incredible call before us. We have the opportunity to be the most welcoming group on the planet and help the students of you and I find their home away from home. There are students that are starving for a family, that are starving for community, and the thing that can change that is you extending an invitation and saying, hey, come be my friend, and watch the world get turned upside down. We can be so inclusive, and we can help people find a place to belong 
before we expect them to become. We want Kyle to be a place where you belong before we expect you to become anything. You can come here and be who you are. And just watch Jesus move. We must welcome and love the outsider so they can become an insider. We can be the family that this campus desperately needs. We can be the hope for this generation by welcoming people into our family and pointing them to their king that gave everything for them. So I'm going to ask, there's three groups again I've been talking about. So I'm going to ask three questions tonight. So you guys would all close your eyes and bow your heads. If you are sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? I think I might be in that first group. I think if I'm honest, I haven't been following Jesus. And I want to change that. I want to accept the invitation. I want to give you an opportunity to accept the invitation tonight. So that's you. And if you want to change your life and give to Jesus and become a part of the kingdom of God, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And the reason we do this is because sometimes to accept an invitation, it takes a little bit more than just thinking it because if we think it, that thought can go away. But if we do an action and raise our hand and do something and say, I'm going to physically accept the invitation, that makes it a little bit more real to us. So no one's looking around. But if that's you and you want to accept the invitation, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you so much for my new friends, my new family members in your kingdom, Father. I pray that tonight is not just about this moment, but instead it's about a lifestyle change. And that the students who just raised their hand, they will not ever be the same, Father, but instead they're going to run after you with everything they have. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. Okay, there's a second group of you that you follow Jesus, but if you're honest, you need to join a family. You need to stop doing it by yourself and you need to join a community. I'm going to give you the same opportunity. With every eye closed, every head bowed, on the count of three, if you want to join a family and join a community of people, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you as well. Jesus, I thank you for these people that want a family, Father. I pray that we can be the family they need, God, that we aren't perfect, but we're gonna do our best to love the students in this room and to love you, Father. I pray for them to find their community, find their home away from home, Father. We love you so much, amen. Amen. Finally, if you're in the third group and you follow Jesus, but you wanna commit to being the most welcoming person on the planet and you wanna see your life turned upside down as you try to love the people around us, I want you to raise both your hands to God right now and say, God, I'm going all in. I'm going to welcome the people in my lives to be an example of you, Jesus. That is you. Raise your hand as we worship this next, in this next song.